0: Well, here's our last sermon of this Shape series, and I hope that you've, you've been able to travel through it and been able to start to determine your shape for mission and ministry. Now, Romans 8.28 tells us that we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. You know, God has a purpose for each and every one of us. God's Ordained purpose that God's given you to fulfill within His kingdom for His glory. God's shaped us, He's molded us to be the person that He wants us to be. And throughout this series, we've explored our spiritual gifts, the gifts that God has given you, and how you might use them for the kingdom of God. Not just to serve the church but how you're impacting God's kingdom in the world, in your street, through the cafes that you go to, through the school that you are at, through your university, even when it's been online. We looked at the passion that God gives and places inside of us, us and how our heart's passion can fuel ministry or, or can even fuel a movement. <laughs> Many social justice movements or missional movements have come from the response to a a passion that's been growing inside that, that sort of hits the heart of God as well. Because when your heart beats for the things that God's heart beats for, they're worth chasing. Next, it was the A, abilities. God has given each of us so many abilities that we can use for His glory. In fact, we do God an injustice when we don't use the abilities that He's given us. You might remember that God used Bezalel, the, the artist, to craft the tabernacle. He didn't, he didn't go and use someone who had no abilities in artistic creation, did he? he? He used the man that had those abilities. I wonder how you're using your God-given abilities for God's glory. And last week, we looked at the fact that we have different personalities. Some of us are introverted. They, um, sort of, in, a, in a party scenario, they like to sort of be with one or two. But some like to be the, the centrepiece of the party. <laughs> some like to lead. Some like to follow. Nothing about our personalities is bad. Rather, they are different. And if you expect someone to be like you, you're going to be sadly disappointed. God's made us different with different personalities for a reason. And often it's to complement the weaknesses we find in our own personalities. (laughs) So today we're going to conclude this series with the last letter of the SHAPE acronym, the E. This is experiences. And my hope is that looking into the Word of God, we'll see how God shaped various people in Scripture through the experience they face and how our future can become a blessing to others because of the experiences that we have faced in the past. I love this quote from Soren Kierkegaard, his theologian. He says, Life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. Life can only be understood backwards by seeing what has happened, but we've got to live it into what we don't know will happen. You know, there's a purpose in your past. I love the, the hallways of Solari's dad's house. On the hallway, and it's always been like that, regardless of, of where they've lived. There's always been a hall and a wall where there's photos that span way back to the time that Solari's parents lived in Sri Lanka, the wedding days. And he moves through the photos of kids, his children, and their wedding days, and then to grandchildren. My mum and dad, they also had, have a hallway, they have a hallway, with photos of grandparents, mum and dad's wedding, and dad looking really smart in his purple velvet suit. Love that suit. <laughs> my brother and his wedding, and all the grandkids, my weddings. Weddings, wedding, one, one, and <laughs> on one wedding. <laughs> in fact, I talked about a photo a little while back where we were at our uncle's wedding where I was uh, wearing stonewashed jeans and uh, I, I showed the photo, I think I showed that, and uh, that, that awkward fashion choice of the past. Well, that's sitting on the hall. <laughs> and it reminds me of the things that have happened in my past. I wonder if you can imagine your life as a, as a corridor of, of photos on a wall where the walls uh, are photos that reflect the, not just the moments in life, but the life-changing moments in your life, maybe maybe they're not real photos that you can say, oh, "I'll go pick it up and put it on the wall." But but maybe they're mental, mental images of experience that have shaped who you are. On, on the left wall, as you walk down your hallway of memories, there's those experiences, memories that have brought you excitement, that that achievements and fulfilment. They're exciting memories. Then as you walk down and you you look to your right there's pictures of experiences that have caused you pain, frustration, and remorse. Because we have both, don't we? You know, sometimes it's hard to walk down the hallway seeing some of these experiences on the right, some that have been really hard. Yet as we slowly walk down the hallway, each picture, each photo, represents an important step towards understanding who God has created and shaped us to be, that we may live into our future. It's important to reflect upon our experiences and what lessons they teach us and, and who God can, what God can fulfill about you and who you are. Because ultimately God wants to use each experience, good or bad, for His glory. So this week, I've been reflecting quite a bit on my experiences, and it's tough. There's 44 years of memories. That's a lot of memories. And what I found was that it wasn't necessarily the, the memories that were the, the loudest or the most vivid, that the ones were, that sort of came to my mind as I considered God's shaping of me through my experiences. Rather, there are experiences that come from more various aspects of life. They mightn't be classified in a photo that I could have grabbed off the wall, but they were personal experiences where, the, where, where uh, I was the main person in the drama of that experience. One of the things that stood out for me was in grade six. I was uh, given the Citizen of the Month award. I was given a, a badge to wear, and it was really cool to be recognised in that scenario. It wasn't the prestige of wearing the badge that made me excited, though. It was the words that actually stuck with me from grade six that went with that award. I remember them saying, this was in front of the whole school, saying that the award goes to someone who always shows kindness and is considerate of the people around them. That stuck with me. Those words stuck with me. All through my life, I have had similar words spoken over to me, over me, and I believe that my experience, along with my personality, has shaped me in that way as I've continued to grow older. We all have experience, uh, spiritual experiences as well. And, and I remember the day I was baptised really clearly. <laughs> I remember sharing my testimony in front of the church at Dingley Union Church, where I first started going to, to church and where I, I found Christ. And along with some of my best friends, we were baptised that, that on that day. But whilst I'd lean back on my baptism through uh, harder faith times, it was the day that I decided to be baptised that possibly made the most impact on my faith decisions. I was at Gateway Church in, in Narry Warren, of all places, watching the baptism of a friend. The testimonies were good, but it was, it was in the moment of, of the, the, the people being baptised, not just my friend, but there's a whole lot of them, being dipped in the water and, and coming up as a new creation that had such a profound impact on me. It spoke to me so clearly. God spoke to me in those moments that I said I needed to do that. I needed to be a a person of faith that is ready to be transformed by the Holy Spirit. I decided to be baptized at that moment. And I'd accepted Christ as my Lord. That was a moment that I sensed that faith became very real for me you know, vocational experiences are also experiences that shape a path for work and for our future, isn't it? And for me, that was a major thing as well. I woke up on uh, uh, on um, 9-11, that morning that the the World Trade Center was hit by these planes. And I woke up to the words, 5,000 people are feared dead. I was working as a land surveyor at the time. I didn't mind my work. I didn't mind it at all. But that day I was working alone. I was taking hundreds of levels, just going around taking level after level. So it wasn't the most stimulating day in the world. But all I could think of was, God, what am I doing to impact this world? If 5,000 people can be taken from it in this way, what am I doing to impact the kingdom of God so that others will understand and know God? I was serving as a young adult small group leader at the time. I did stuff at church, but day after day, I started to sense that God was saying that there is more. That experience, that day, was a catalyst for me ending up being a pastor. To be fair, I would have, uh, uh, at that stage, laughed at you if you had told me I'd end up preaching to an online community. Um, didn't think that had ever happened, but hey, here we are. <laughs> you know, there's also relational experiences as well that have shaped me and helped me to help others. You know, I can't go past the best day of my life, to be fair. Um, It it wasn't the day I bought my guitar. That's probably getting there. It's close because I love my guitar. It was actually my wedding day. Yes. (laughs) I have so many amazing memories of my wedding day. And I remember first thing in the morning, I know you're not meant to do this, but Solari and I woke up before anyone else woke up, and we went out and had coffee together. And it was the best start to a day. That was going to be the best day of my life. I remember Solari beaming as she came down the aisle at Heathmont Baptist Church. Her, her smile was just infectious. She couldn't help but smile. <laughs> Our mothers, they, they were trying to light the candles to represent the, the, the sort of two families that we come from. But it was a hot day and the air conditioning was, was sort of blowing <laughs> on the candles. So poor mums are getting really nervous as they light. And they went through three or four matches and they light the candle to blow out again. And one of my groomsmen, John, he waltzes over and he gets his jacket and he shields the candles so the mums can finish lighting them. <laughs> it was great. I remember the photos that we took. And I remember almost dropping Solari as we spun in the grass trying to get that one special shot. What a ruined dress! <laughs> I remember having coffee with the bridal party before going to the, uh, to the reception. It was the best day ever. It really was. But that day was the memory that spurs on so many other days from there. The ups and downs of our relationship that has been strengthened through the, the, the dips and the, and the peaks the many conversations, the years of, of uh, joy, the tears that have come, all the elements that have gr- brought us together. And now we have the opportunity to speak to couples embarking on the same lifelong journey of marriage. We share our experiences that we went through as we went through those dips and the peaks as well. The things that shaped us and moulded us, we can now bring to others. <laughs> I've only given a snapshot of some of my experiences, but each of those experiences have worked alongside my abilities, my spiritual gifts, my heart passions, my personality, that it can speak into situations and it can speak into the lives of people that I've met, people that I've mentored, people that I've journeyed with. But in this, I've only shared the positives. And we know that life isn't always about rainbows and butterflies, is it? In fact, as many of you know, life can be hard. One moment you think you have it all. The next moment you might be wrestling with depression or have news that you found that no one wants to hear that you have cancer. A loved one suddenly dies or your marriage seems irreconcilable. The grades you are hoping for don't come through. Life's curveballs curve balls can be pretty hard to sort of navigate at times. But I want to tell you today that God wants to use all your experiences to shape us and serve God's kingdom, even the hardest ones. In fact, some of the hardest experiences can be the ones that, that bring a, a greater message to those who have experienced a similar pain. I was listening to a podcast of a, a news broadcaster. Uh, she's a broadcaster in America. She's very famous in America. Well, you don't know her that well, but her name is Robin Roberts, and she uh, hosts Good Morning America um, over in America. And she shares of her fight with cancer live on the news. She's an inspiration to so many who, go through, who have gone through and are going through similar hardships. And one thing she, she said that struck me, she said this. She said, "'Make your mess your message.'" Make your mess your message. Now, she says in that big, thick Southern American, make your mess your message, that sort of thing. Uh, (laughs) But what she means is that the, the hardships that you face, whether if you've got a scale, there are one or a 10 on the pain scale, make those hardships the message that can bring hope to others because you're not the only one that's gone through it. You're not the only one that's going to have gone through it. One of the greatest examples of this in Australia at the moment is possibly it's Neil Danaher and the Fight MND Foundation that he's championed. He can champion it. Why? Because that's what he's living. We see his struggle. We're inspired by his bravery. And we watch celebrities slide down a a big slide into an ice bath in the heart of Melbourne's winter to raise funds on his behalf, (laughs) or on MND's behalf. He's made his mess, the hardship of his life, his message. I wonder how many times you've heard powerful testimonies of God's goodness to those who have found Christ through the struggle of an addiction of some sort or after losing a job or how God transforms and changes someone and you can connect in with that story. Because God uses the hardship of life for his glory when you make your mess, your message. Now, I want to frame it a little differently for us. I want to frame that, that, that term a little differently. I want to say, allow your crisis to become a catalyst for Christ. Allow your crisis to become a catalyst for Christ. You know, Joseph had some pretty incredible experiences, didn't he? He could have written a book about all of his experiences. Well, he's already in a book. It's already written. Anyway, Joseph rates highly on the, I've had a major crisis counter. <laughs> Indeed, he allowed his crises, though, to transform his message, to make his message new. In fact, his experiences were, were actually really messed up, weren't they? And if we think about it, maybe we it would have broken many of us. I mean, who has ever been sold into slavery by their brother or sister. I wouldn't think too many of us. (laughs) But whilst he seemed to be sort of getting back on track after that moment and becoming important in the household of Potiphar, he holds up his integrity and he ends up back in jail, another hardship. And whilst in jail, he interprets the dreams of Pharaoh, and he's once again elevated to a prominent position alongside Pharaoh. And this position eventually allows for Joseph's family to settle in the land where they would be looked after and eventually become the nation of Israel. Now through his many experiences, we see three reasons for these experiences. Three things that happen through these experiences. Firstly, our experiences help us to learn to trust God. 2 Corinthians 1.9 says this, But this happened that we may not rely on ourselves but on God. Things have happened that we don't just rely on ourselves, but we have to rely on God. Rich, Rick Warren said a great quote. He said this You'll never know God is all you need until God is all you have. When Joseph hit the rock bottom in the pits of jail, all he had was his trust and his faith. He had to be faithful to what God had given him when everything else was stripped bare. Being faithful to share the insight that been, he'd been given to interpret dreams, especially pharaohs. So uh, his negative experiences could have, could have been like, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to get in more trouble. But he relied on what God had given him, this ability to understand and interpret the dream. I'm constantly blown away by the hardships that some people have to face. Some people do it really tough. The loss of a child must be the hardest thing to reconcile. I can't fathom how I would respond if I ever lost one of my children. But time and again, I hear of the strength that parents find in Christ through the darkest and difficult moments. You know, sometimes the most powerful messages come from those with the biggest mess, the greatest crises. So learn to trust God through your experiences. The second thing is our experiences build character. You, you can't grow in character by reading a book about character, can you? That, that's just gaining knowledge about character. You actually grow in character through experiences that you live through. Romans 5, verses 3 to 4 say, We know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. There's a a good book called Character, Who You Are When No One's Looking. It's a great definition of the word character, isn't it? Are you the same person when you're alone as you are when you're at your mum and dad's house? (laughs) You know, our experiences shape our character. Joseph's experience didn't change who Joseph was. Rather, it shaped him to be uh, who he became. He remained faithful to what God had given him. He interpreted dreams for the butler and the baker, which led him to interpreting Pharaoh's dream. And eventually, he became second in command to Pharaoh. In essence, he was given the keys to the kingdom. But it also works the opposite way, where unfortunately the person that wrote the book about character has been shown to be someone who has abused the power that he had and his character was marred. We've got to allow our experiences to shape our character and then we've got to hold on to them just like Joseph did. The third thing we can learn is our experiences work to accomplish God's purposes. You know, the Apostle Paul had experiences that perhaps we don't fully appreciate. So during his ministry, he spent about five and a half years all up either in prison or under house arrest or or being escorted around by a Roman soldier, sort of chained to him. (laughs) Paul knew what it meant to be persecuted. Yet he was able to proclaim in Philippians 1 verse 12, he said this, What has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. That hardship. They might have been hard. They might have been unwanted. Paul could see that they're all there to advance the good news of Jesus. They were used to accomplish God's purposes. Joseph also came to the same conclusion in the reading that, that Jeanette read to us today from Genesis 50. We heard the fear of Joseph's brothers. In Genesis 50, verse 15, it says, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrong things we did to him? Might have been holding a fair bit of guilt there, the brothers. <laughs> They're valid fears. They were pretty poor in their treatment of their brother. I mean, put him in the ditch and leave him to die. Probably shouldn't do that. Well, we'll sell him instead. <laughs> However, Joseph's response wasn't response to them. wasn't one of anger or seeking vengeance. When the brothers came to him to apologize, Joseph's response was that he would weep. He cried, and he concludes in verse twenty, "You intended to harm me." But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. But God intended it for good. Why? To save people, to save lives. What was a difficult starting point and the the many ups and downs on Joseph's journey, he was still able to see that the kingdom of God was to be advanced through the experiences that he'd been through. So we've got to ask ourselves this question. How do we use the experiences that we face for God's glory? So I want to finish with four steps to help make the most of our experiences. Now, they all start with the letter E, so it's a little easier to remember them. Hopefully, you'll be able to do it. Firstly, examine. Examine your experiences, just like I've done this week. Go back over your experiences. Write some of them out. Be confronted by them. Be blessed by them. Ask the questions of, of why. What, what is it that, that was my emotion through those times? You might want to draw them as pictures for your hallway. <laughs> Good on the left, hard on the right. Galatians 3 verse 4 tells us, Did all your experience mean nothing at all? Surely it meant something. You know, I think the greatest travesty in life is having a deep experience and then letting that experience pass you by without considering how it could be used for the glory of God. Let's take COVID. An experience that we've lived through and will continue to feel its impact for quite some time. The experience has produced in many of us emotions. Our, our frustrations have been brought up. Some hurts have been made. Our government haven't, hasn't made it easy for us. We could just wipe it away and go back to life as we knew it before. Hey, we can get out, we can do things. Maybe next year sometime we won't have this, this problem and we'll be all back together. I'm hoping it'll be sooner rather than later. We could just go back to as we had it. Or we could explore from those experiences... Learn from them and work in a way that could change how we do things or how we th- see things. I mean, one obvious change that has already come from COVID is that you're watching us now online. <laughs> that you are able to sit in your bed with your cup of tea or coffee watching this on an iPad. We're going to continue to run church online, because not everyone can make it to church all the time. There's people watching at Glengolan. Hi. <laughs> Maybe elsewhere might be overseas if you're overseas hey we'd love having you here as well <laughs> examine your experiences because they can make a difference in your life moving forward second thing extract extract the lessons you learn through each week this uh through this week that, that just went past the staff and a few others we watched the global leadership summit it happens each year and i love it because it, it is all about leadership and you just walk away with so many leadership gems Now, this year, there was this lady called Michelle Poller and you saw her picture on the screen then. And she's become famous for a project she started that that was all about overcoming her fears. You look it up on the internet, Michelle Poller, just uh, Google her, and it'll come up, 100 days of overcoming personal fear. And what she did for each day, she would go and do something that she was fearful of. So she'd go out in the street and dance like no one was looking. (laughs) In public, like, that's fearful. I just looked at it and went, no. (laughs) <laughs> she'd jump out of an airplane, that's fear. She'd hug strangers, that's weird. She had like 97 more over a 100-day period. But she framed her whole sort of talk last Tuesday all around the idea from a phrase, phrase that someone said to her. What's the worst that can happen? If you do something, what's the, you've probably heard it. If you jump out of a plane, what's the worst that could happen? Well, actually, I could die. My parachute might not open. I could die. It's not a good question. (laughs) Not a good question. So instead, she, she switched it around. She said, well, what's the best that could happen? If I overcome my fear, what's the best that could happen? And she embraced these fears and she overcame them. And the impact was so drastic on her life. Michelle Poller, she examined her experiences. She extracted some lessons from them and it brought meaning to her life that lived well beyond her fears. Her experience meant a whole lot to her and she's taken those lessons and now she's inspiring others to live beyond their fears. One of her fears was, and this was the last one, was uh, standing and doing public speaking. And through it, her number 100 was to stand up and do a TED Talk. And she stood up, she'd nailed it, and then now she's going around the world just sharing her story, her adventure, and inspiring others to do the same. We've got to extract lessons from our experiences. Look deep and hard into them. Find out about how those experiences are going to help you find the best that could happen. Because the best that could happen might be life-changing, <laughs> even with our negative experiences. It could be life-changing. Third thing is we've got to exploit the experiences of others. Exploit. I don't really like that word, but it's an E-word, so it works. And so the idea is that um, that, that others have been through similar experiences to you. You know, it's really rare that something happens to you that no one else has ever experienced. That's really rare. If that's happened to you, you're the first person that will be able to help others. (laughs) Now Jasper, he's had some pretty serious throat issues over the last few years. He's had too many gastroscopies for an 11-year-old. Well, he turns 12 this week, so we'll call him 12 now. The doctors have tried various medicines and not a lot of work has worked. You know, Jasper, he, he, he never complains. He, he just keeps going, sorry. Um, he just, just soldiers on, you know, and... We don't know many people that have got a son with the same problem or a daughter with the same problem, but there's someone. <laughs> there's someone at school that's got the same problem, and we can be in contact with them. It's encouraging. Exploit, bad word but it's an E. <laughs> Use those, those connections. On a faith level, when you go through hard experiences or, or things that challenge your faith or, or make you question God, when you go through some, something like that, find someone that had been through the same experiences. We've all asked, why God? Why is that happening to me? But there's always someone else that's always, already answered that question. Find them, and they can teach you something. Solari and I, we always value John and Di Smith. They married, John, John's married us, but they opened their home to us prior to us being married. They shared their marriage with us. They showed us their ups and their downs of life. They were fantastic in role modelling, modelling what a healthy marriage looked like. They were always open to sharing with us. You know, when I started in ministry as well under John Smith, they were open to helping us navigate what, what being a couple in ministry was like. And the very, they were very real with us the whole way through. We were able to ask them questions. We were able to learn from them. And we took a lot out of them. We were happy to grow because of the experiences that we could work through with them. Proverbs 27, 17 says this, And as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Use the experiences of others to be sharpened yourself. Learn from them, grow from them, be shaped from them. We now use those experiences that we learned from John and Di to help others as they get prepared for marriage as well. Now, we, can also, we also have been given uh, volume after volume of people's lives in Scripture. God's revealed the lives of so many men and women that we can learn from, that we can be encouraged by. You just need to get into your, into your Bible and start looking through the, the Word to find uh, someone who has been through the struggles that you are going through. Be encouraged by the Word of God. The fourth thing is employ your experiences to encourage and help others. Employ your experiences. This is where the rubber hits the road. This is where the kingdom impact really happens. This is where Kaz, a few weeks ago, shared about serving at a soup kitchen because she felt her, her personally lived experiences could make a difference and encourage others there. It's where your experiences meet your passions and where your passions and your abilities and your spiritual gifts all come together and collide and mix in with your personality. (laughs) I remember thinking at one stage that I never had anything really to offer anyone else. I wonder if you've had that thought as well. If you've ever had that thought, I want to let you know you're wrong. You have things to offer. We all have something to offer because we've all had experiences. God's allowed us to experience the, the highs and the lows so that those experiences can be used for His glory and to honour and to encourage others who are in a similar situation to you. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore encourage one another and build each other up. We're in call to employ the experiences that we've had so that we can encourage one another and build each other up, all for the glory of God. Can you imagine how exploring and using the experiences that we've had in life, that you've had in your life, to impact the kingdom of God. Can you imagine how your experiences can encourage others to grow in God's kingdom? You know, as we come to the end of this series, I want to encourage you to not just finish it here, This week, I want you to go back over each of the sessions, spiritual gifts, heart, our passions, abilities, personality and experiences. Continue to explore your shape for ministry. If you're not in a Connect group and not running through this uh, this series in a a small group or anything like that, in a Connect group, I'd I'd ask you, head to this this website. We're going to have it up now, www.freeshapetest.com. And you can fill it all in. It's free. You can fill in it all in. You can do a, a spiritual gifts test. You can talk about your personality. You can do all these sort of things. Put some time into writing down what your shape is. It's going to be valuable for yourself. But I also encourage you, pass it on to someone else. Be accountable to your shape. Feel free to email it to me. I'd love to explore how God can use you to shape the kingdom. Keep chatting about it. Keep exploring it. And let's see how God's kingdom is enhanced through the shape, through the faithful people and their shape of KSBC. Now, you might remember at the very start of this series, we had, we had the potteries all here that, that we started with. Well, as we mould, as God moulds us into the shape, he continually moulds us. And we said that that, that clay can continually be moulded. May you, my prayer is, that you, as you continue to explore your shape, will continue to be moulded into the shape that God wants you to be. Let me pray. Our Lord and God, we give you thanks and praise that you have allowed us to go through amazing experiences, but also really tough ones. That God, you have used or you continue to use those experiences for your glory. I ask, Lord, that you help us to recall some of those experiences that we may see your glory shine in and through KSBC, through the communities that we live, through the schoolyard, through the universities, through our um, communities, throughout Victoria. And into the world. May you shine through us. In Jesus name. Amen.